1: Middle management roles in an organization somewhat read like this. A project or product custodian, someone who is responsible for delivery, a bridge between senior management and teams, a tactician and yet looking out to the horizon, a guide, a mentor, a leader, someone who creates the right environment for people to innovate and deliver, and much more. This episode is a conversation between two pmpar colleagues, J.V. Raghavan, J.V., and Shivaguru, about a very critical piece in any organization, the middle layer, and discussed through JV's experiences of moving through middle management roles, its personal challenges, being in executive management, and how executive leadership can play a crucial role in enabling its middle layer, which can then be an effective orchestrator for the whole organization and enrich people that play those roles. Hi,
0: JV. Welcome to the Software People Stories again.
1: Hi. Hi, Chef. Very happy to
2: to be part of this uh, software people's stories again, the third time, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. At this time, I thought we will take a slightly different approach to our conversation. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things that has been playing at the back of my mind across the various engagements and all that is what may be called as a mid-career crisis. Okay. Typically, we all started as individual contributors. Okay. And we all grew up, we t- took more responsibility, suddenly we are somewhere in the middle, getting pulled and pushed from all directions, mm-hmm. playing maybe line roles, or maybe supporting enabling roles. Mm. And in your case, you have played all of these, including executive management.
2: Yeah, for so fortunately.
0: You, <laughs> yeah. So if you can share the journey of you know, how your own transition was for each of these different roles... And then we okay. can probably see how these lessons can be useful for others.
2: Okay. So maybe uh, probably start with a broad idea of what my career has been. I think that way people get kind a of feel for what, what I've gone through through the last 40 years. In, in some sense, I must say that I'm very lucky because I've had the right breaks all through my career basically i started with uh, software development like most software people do did a lot of design development coding during the first 5 years that's that's uh, how the career started with uh, tata bharos and then subsequently it became tata unices the subsequent 4 to 5 years was in project management the late 80s where i kind of uh, you know managed probably three or four different projects programs over a period of 4 to 5 years then the subsequent uh, 10 years uh, i would say uh, Somewhere between the early 90s and the early 2000s was more in the middleman, what you may call as a middle management. Uh, I was uh, part of middle management in Tata, Bharos, Tata Unisys, part of middle comes senior management in some way with uh, Novel uh, when I joined in 1995. The last four years in the corporate role, 2001 to 2005, was actually in the executive management role uh, where I was heading the Novel development center in India. Uh, And of course, I was involved with uh, some of the decisions and communication with the executive management in the US in Novel. So in that sense, uh, I had an exposure to the senior executives in Novel and and was part of a fair amount of decision making, at least with respect to the India Development Center. And then then subsequent 15 years has actually been more consulting, coaching, where I've had the fortune of uh, utilizing all the learnings. From what i learned as a project manager as a as a middle line manager as, a, as an executive manager all of that has actually been you know very useful during the last 14-15 years so in that sense i think uh, i've touched all aspects of uh, roles that you typically uh, yearn for in in a software development environment and uh, it's also in services and product see the the portfolio also 14-15 years was in the services side with Unisys units and and the next 10 years was in a product environment so uh, it also exposed me to product technology roadmap planning uh, how executive management gets involved in roadmap planning and how some of those get converted to tactical plans uh, you know executing it uh, at a development center in india those kinds of things so uh, i think it's been a very interesting journey very happy journey in many ways a lot of learning and last 15 years has actually been learning from each other because uh, PM Power has actually provided me with a great environment where virtually everyone has actually come through a similar kind of exposure at different layers of management. And they are also into coaching. So they actually employ some of these learnings in their own environment. They come back and share that learning. So I share my learning based on what the the customer that I work with. And and together, the learning has been a a huge thing. And and I I believe that I'm so much richer over the the last 15 years in, in the consulting role. So, it's been a good thing. Overall, it's been a great career from, from my own perspective.
0: Yeah, wonderful, Javi. I'm sure you have both happy stories and horror stories in all your transitions. Mm-hmm. You want to share some of those?
2: Um, I think I would say the first uh, transition that I actually went through was uh, from being an individual contributor to, uh, to actually doing project management. Most most people go through this after, well, in India at least, uh, Typically, people go through this after five to eight years. You know, you, you spend your career as, a, as an individual contributor for five years at a minimum, and sometimes you know, it can go up eight to 10 years. So I was lucky in that sense. Uh, well, I spent about five years in, in software development, design, analysis, those kinds of things. Then I got into project management. It was a pretty tough transition because um, all along, you had been used to actually doing things, you know, getting into the hardcore coding development kind of activity and suddenly you are tasked with uh, leading a team of people to get things done and oftentimes i used to end up overstepping onto their shoes right uh, in terms of what they were doing and it was initially tough because uh, there was a tendency to to actually go and do things rather than get people to do things uh, because you, you you saw some people are struggling So you tended to actually, rather than help them, go and get things done because you also had the pressure of deliverables. But what what helped me in this process was um, two or three things helped me. One is uh, today what we call as emotional intelligence in some way. Being aware of myself and being empathetic uh, with people that I worked with and kind of sensing what they were going through when I was actually doing this. When I was actually stepping on uh, to their shoes trying to help them out. I could sense that some were comfortable, some were not comfortable. Some of the entry-level folks were actually okay with uh, with helping them out, whereas some of the senior folks probably did not obviously like it. So uh, the ability to actually sense this, be aware of my own, what I was doing, and understanding what people expected from me, I think this uh, was a huge learning for me. In fact, uh, I think I, I learned a lot in terms of how to actually work with a team of people and and get things done during the course of the first uh, big project that we did for uh, one of the customers in australia a fairly large automobile customer in australia another thing that helped me was because i had gone through the ranks uh, as a as a technical person doing development coding design testing etc etc that helped me also because uh, sometimes these days you find project managers actually become a project manager without necessarily going through the hard grind of actually getting into development But I actually had the fortune of actually going through that. So in that sense, the technical background also helped me because uh, whenever people expected support from me and some of the developers, especially new, expected mentoring support and you you were able to do that. And so getting their uh, confidence in you, I mean, trust in you, confidence in you was an important thing. So these two things, you know, being aware of myself, being empathetic to people's uh, feelings and expectations, sensing that, and using a technical background to provide the right kind of mentoring and support. I think these were things that helped me hugely. And my basic nature was uh, such that people could approach me more openly. So the approachability and the ability to guide, in addition to the two or three things that I mentioned, I think helped me hugely in dealing with the challenges that I had as a a first-time PM. Obviously, The subsequent role in projects, the the subsequent two or three projects where I actually had to lead a larger team, some of them were very experienced and senior, was much easier because the learnings in this were actually uh, usable or implementable in in the subsequent kind of situations. So this is with respect to the the project management transition. I think the bigger challenge uh, personally was uh, when I transitioned into the middle management role where there are project managers reporting to me there was delivery responsibility. Those days, uh, the delivery and the execution, I mean, the, the competency development of people were actually together in one role. I mean, sometimes today you find in the agile world, you do have a, a distinction between the delivery role and, and the competency development roles in, in many organizations. Whereas during those days, it was actually something together. You know, your, your role as a middle line manager was, uh, you were responsible for delivery, but you're also responsible for developing people. So this is where I actually found uh, a lot more challenges because you are no longer dealing with individual contributors. They're actually dealing with managers who are mature, who had an understanding of what needed to be done. And so stepping onto their shoes was not an option at all. I mean, that nobody obviously liked. The other thing was uh, suddenly you you, you had a sense that you didn't have anything to do. I mean, as an individual project manager, you always feel that you're delivering something. So you have something to do all the time. But when you actually transition to a, a middle line manager, there is nothing directly you're delivering on a day-to-day basis. You are obviously responsible for overall delivery, but there are delivery managers who are actually doing it on a day-to-day basis. Project managers are doing it on a day-to-day basis. So you are, in some sense, uh, oh, you know, doing an oversight function on this and making sure that when things they, they have issues, you are able to deal with them and as much as possible proactively help them out. So this was a role where uh, obviously it required a lot more maturity in terms of dealing with uh, even more responsible people. And I, I actually had a major problem in the first program that I ma- managed. You know, the project manager was a fairly senior project manager. But then I actually, you know, the the, the project required, uh, uh, you know, developing a product kind of uh, you know, situation for UNICEF. So there were a lot of crisis. I mean, we committed something with a you know, huge underestimate. And so we we ran into a situation in the project where we had not done a product kind of uh, development before that. It was all projects for a specific customer. Here was a situation where we were actually doing a product engineering. So that uh, experience not being there, we ended up a lot of issues with project management and delivery and not being able to fulfill commitments, testing, throwing up a lot of issues that that we did not anticipate. Customer deliveries slipping towards the end rather than during the course of the project. We didn't sense the delay there. So what ended up happening was uh, the project manager was actually doing a good job, but my anxiety to ensure that the customer commitments were actually met, and the fact that we were hugely down on resources from an estimate perspective, called for people to work overtime, uh, put in a hell of a lot of extra effort, and also you know look at the customer end and so on and so forth. So basically, I ended up actually stepping out of the shoes of the project manager in this case, and I realized that uh, it, in some sense, it eroded the the confidence of the project manager, uh, you tended to deal with the team directly sometimes rather than through the project manager. So those are things that I realized that uh, subsequently, I mean, I didn't realize it when I was actually doing it because I was very anxious to get, get the thing done with minimal delays and so on and so forth. But I realized that that was an area where, especially since we had a manager, I had a role to play in terms of helping him develop himself in the role, helping him see issues proactively. Probably... sitting outside a little bit more so that you could actually see things from a different perspective and in that sense what I ended up doing was because I got into the into that shoes I actually ended up having my manager do the the real middle manager role in that sense so I think that's a huge learning that learning helped me significantly uh, and obviously when I got into Novel as a there's a middle middle line senior level manager where we had to manage multiple programs and projects and also do a support role, you know, a quality management role that I had, where there was a lot of influencing that needed to be done. So I think uh, the middle management role was, uh, was a lot more challenging because uh, the lack of clarity on what you do on a day to day basis and tendency to be a little bit more getting trying to get hands on in things where you needed to actually guide managers who had the ability to do things. I think that's where I, I probably faced the, the biggest challenge and learned from that and you know, helped me hugely in the subsequent five or eight years and in as well as a senior manager. Oh, that's nice because one of the very frequent
0: questions that I've come across mm-hmm. is when somebody takes up a, a management role, quote unquote management, mm-hmm. they are either afraid that they're going to lose their technical skills or they don't know whether they should take a plunge and get into management versus being a technologist. So you nicely brought it out that it is a blend, you have a larger responsibility to deliver and use your technical skills to mentor your team. Very Mm -hmm. nicely put, Javi. You talked about a lot of things here. One, you mentioned luck, saying that Mm -hmm. you've been lucky many times. And also you talked about stretching and doing a lot of hard work to deliver to make sure Mm -hmm. things are okay. So when a middle manager or somebody either getting into a middle managerial <laughs> role or looking at something beyond, what do you think is the
2: relative contribution of luck versus hard work? I, I think uh, I would say the, I mean, I don't know that luck and hard work alone, luck comes in where, where you get an opportunity to do it. I think I would say that uh, in that sense, uh, being in the right place is the right kind, kind of thing. For example... In Tata Unisys, you know, we had some, what we call the turnkey projects, fixed price projects uh, in the initial stages. And there are not too many such projects, you know, when we started our careers. Uh, in fact, it was a completely new thing during those days. I mean, today people talk about fixed price projects as being a big challenge. But if you look back, uh, you know, TUL, uh, TBL, TUL executed some of the fixed price projects way back in 1985. I mean, like 35 years back. So those kinds of things, not everybody gets an opportunity to do that right? Some people are lucky because you get into that role because you are there in the right place, right? Your, your group is doing that kind of a project and you know you finished another project before and you are in the right position to take up that role and your manager thinks you can actually do it. So in that sense, actually, I would say I was lucky to get the right breaks at the right time. But having said that, uh, you, you need to make it count. And that's where I think uh, putting in a lot of effort to, to learn things. For example, as a project manager, I needed to learn techniques for doing systems analysis and design upfront because there was no analyst. It's a reasonably small size project, so as a project manager, you had to double up to do some things in the beginning. So, being able to write good specifications, uh, being able to do good analysis, design, and all of those kinds of so you needed to do it. And those days it was kind of it was, it was not a widely available, you know, a lot of not not a lot of widely available literature to do that. So, obviously, you needed to do a lot of reading with whatever that was available and and experiment a lot. So in that sense, I think a lot of uh, uh, learning and experimenting with the right kind of break. So I would say it's a combination of both. I wouldn't say it's one versus the other. Okay. Just
0: taking on that a little further, Mm -hmm. if you were to pick, let's say, the top three, four aspects or dimensions Mm -hmm. for a middle manager to be successful, do you have any list like that or something that you have evolved over time saying these are the dimensions where i should focus on or i need to make a difference
2: um, i'll probably look at it from the role that they play see i i think one of the the biggest challenges that middle line managers have is that many of them do not know what their role is right and, uh, and different organizations have different blend of responsibilities for a middle line manager like i said in some some cases you you're only responsible for Competency development and managing people, and so on and so forth. In some other cases, there is a some kind of a delivery oversight responsibility. Some cases there is a matrix role where you do need to do both to be successful. So what I would actually say is, well, that's a challenge. There there are three or four broad dimensions that I can think of from a role perspective. One is uh, engineering excellence. For example, as a middle line manager, even if you are not directly into day to day delivery responsibility you will need to do technology planning right for the area that you are responsible for whatever your expertise is for example you are handling the user interface management engineering for for an organization product engineering organization you need to understand the technology for that how that gets actually you know integrated into the products and services that you are actually developing so technology planning is one one broad area that middle-end manager typically gets involved And as a consequence of that, you actually get into, if you're a product in a a product setup, you get into product road mapping. Uh, You also uh, are responsible because you are working with a team to deliver in some way. You are seen as a custodian for good engineering practices, whether it's got to do with continuous integration, deployment, automation, whatever, refactoring, good development practices, and so on and so forth. I think you are seen as a reservoir of some of those to help the teams execute So in that sense, I think I would say all of these broadly come under an engineering excellence uh, kind of a a role, right? The second dimension is uh, you're also, you know, in in many cases, you are responsible for delivery oversight in terms of execution. So the the senior management decides on a strategy uh, for the product or the area that, you know, you're responsible for, uh, working with the the product management and so on and so forth. And then you as the, the manager who's the, kind of a, you know, uh, in between between the senior you know, executive management and the execution team, you need to help the, in, the, in the tactical planning for, for the product or area that you're responsible for, right? And if you are going to facilitate some of these, you also need to understand how uh, various cross-functional teams work. How can you help them, facilitate them? Uh, how can you think customer and, and flow and, and so on and so forth? How can you help the team sense issues relating to execution proactively and, and deal with them and be a guide mentor you know, sitting outside so that they are able to tap into your experience and ensure that the execution goes through smoothly even though you're not involved on in a day-to-day basis i think the third uh, probably what i would say is your own self i think you need to be seen as a leader right so your own leadership personal self-leadership uh, in some sense for example uh, how do you create uh, the right environment for uh, teams to succeed? What kind of traits that you require? Emotional intelligence, mindfulness, and so on and so forth. How do you look at productivity of teams and look at what do you need to do as a leader to help some of those things happen, right? Uh, and probably the last thing that I would say is uh, coaching. I would say, you know, you need to be a coach. In many organization. you know, you are expected to uh, help develop managers. So competency development coaching people you know developing skills in people so those are things uh, on top of whatever you need to do but the two or three things that i mentioned so if i look at it you know being able to develop people through effective coaching and, and mentoring and so on and so forth looking at engineering excellence looking at uh, building the ability to execute and also your own leadership so that you know you are able to succeed and build an environment for the overall organization success. So I would say these are the four things that come to the top of my mind.
0: Yeah, that's nice. These four dimensions also will neatly fit into one PPT if you want to make a presentation and so on. A couple of related questions. Mm -hmm. Now, when you took on a senior executive management role in Novell, how were you enabling the middle? And yeah, that's just the part A part. And over time, have your ideas, thoughts, as well as whatever you are seeing at work Since you also mentioned Agile, we find that more and more organizations and teams want to look at practices inspired by Agile, whether it is a specific model or not is not important. In that situation, how can, let's say, a senior leader look at enabling the middle?
2: Um, So from my own experience, uh, certainly I think uh, there's there's a fair amount of learning. As I said, uh, the role that I played in quality management uh, helped me understand how to influence uh, the senior management, how to work as, as a coach to them in many ways, rather than you didn't have reporting responsibility of, you know, for anybody. And so you obviously had to influence people to get things done. So I, I sense that as a leader in the organization, every one of the middle managers had a dual reporting. See, there was a reporting to the senior leader. There was also a reporting from their perspective to the engineering organization in the US, their own product organization that they worked with. So in that sense, actually, uh, you were uh, playing a significant influencing role on there. So so they were able to succeed. So one of the things that I actually uh, did did was to ensure there was a good system of internal reviews in place that we had on a regular basis, where uh, people could come and share where they were and seek inputs from not only me, but some of the other senior management folks who would be part of this uh, forum or whatever on a regular basis so that they would actually be able to take some value in terms of how to execute. So we actually defined a a good set of metrics and measurement system and so on and so forth using the quality team that reported to me. Uh, So basically uh, having a good system of governance, metrics and systems like that and also a good set of management reviews to help them understand where they were, to you know, ask them the right questions so that they can see some of their blind spots and respond to some of the adversities that they typically get into in projects as proactive a way as possible. Because what you are trying to help them through this process is for them to see some of these uh, you know, well in advance. More often than not, when you are playing a delivery role and getting into that uh, thing, you know, managing multiple projects, you don't generally look at some of those things because you are caught up on a, a lot of operational issues and, and, and tactical things. Now, you needed to help people to, to be able to see slightly bigger picture, look at a medium term, long term roadmap of where the project is heading and ask the right question. So that was one major thing that I actually did. Second thing was we, we had a system of a lot of one-on-ones and things like that, where people could actually, you know, it was a very nice system where we had two things. One is skip level reviews with, with people who are reporting into the delivery managers. So that you know, some, a typical project manager kind of people. Because we had four layers of the organization, the engineering, the engineers, then your project managers, then your middle line managers, and, and the, the top management. So basically, you know, by interacting with project managers on a, on a periodic basis, you get a sense of issues that some of the delivery managers may not be aware of, the the middle-end managers may not be aware of. So you fed some of these inputs into them so that they were able to fix some of the blind spots that they had. So this was the second thing that we had. Third thing we actually also did is some systems. We incorporated uh, a system of what we call the employee development dialogues, where there was a lot of focus for the middle-end managers on developing people. It was a nice system where, Typically, most managers spend time with their reportees only on performance management, right? A monthly review of where a manager or an individual contributor stands in terms of objectives, focusing only on the reviews with respect to objectives. Whereas we actually wanted a system where these one on ones that was happening between delivery managers and project managers or across all the levels actually did not focus on the performance side, but focused on the development of, of people. So so we we had an employee development dialogue system, which was integrated into talent development from a HR perspective. And there was one HR executive identified only for people development. There there are people who are doing recruitment and some of the training and so on and so forth. But one uh, HR executive was only responsible for employee development as a primary focus, talent and employee development. So I think some of these things help no, so we had systems, we also had practices that um, help people understand that development is a focus and not just you know, day-to-day performance.
1: Yeah,
0: very but... nice, Debbie. So I have a question
2: that probably complements this.
0: Mm-hmm. This is something that um, you talked about in terms of creating the system, creating the supporting uh, processes, practices and all that. Now, as an individual, if I'm a middle manager, how can I leverage my environment? For instance, you did talk about having your manager play the middle manager role when you stepped into a lot of details of delivery. You also referred to learning from your peers. So as a middle manager, when I am under so much of pressure to deliver and all these different expectations, how can I leverage Say my managers, my peers, my team members to both
2: enrich myself and also help them be successful? I, I think one, one way is to, to have a, a great set of you know, communities of practice in, in place in the organization. Uh, even during those days, we used to have one or two vibrant communities. In fact, we had a you know, community of what we called as extended staff, which is all the project managers and, and you know, folks at that level. So we used to facilitate a lot of sharing in that in that forum so that people could come up with issues and you know, we discussed things. I, I think today's environment, especially when you talked about Agile, communities of practice is the only way where people can actually uh, learn without the fear of being assessed for performance and so on and so forth. Right? I think we, we want a system where I'm learning from the environment. And, and the company systems rather than learning on my job where my, my manager is watching my performance on a daily basis. So we need to set up set up vibrant communities. For example, communities for, let's say, product managers, communities for architects, communities for scrum masters, if you are on an agile kind of setup. And make sure that these communities uh, are in some sense, you know, have some accountability for overall organization development. And this is where I think. Uh, HR can actually play an organization development role to make sure these communities are kind of facilitated. I mean, you need some, some function to actually support that. Whether HR plays it or you have a OD function that actually does this, I mean, we need to be able to do that. That's the only way you know, we'll be able to make sure that the organization becomes a learning organization as they move forward.
0: Yeah, that's nice. I'm reminded of a saying that says, it takes a village to raise a child. So middle management being so critical for an organization's success, I guess it takes all functions
2: to focus on enabling the middle manager. I agree, entirely agree. In fact, I think today's uh, agile industry faces that as a fairly major challenge. A lot of companies today that I've interacted with have this, I mean, we used to call about the middle crisis. Uh, it's, It's actually a lot more acute uh, with the agile approaches being implemented across many organizations from a transformation perspective. Suddenly you find that many of the middle managers, the so-called middle managers are, are struggling to figure out what their role is in the new context. Uh, some of the roles have been changed. They had delivery responsibility. Now they have some other responsibility. So I, I think it's it's an extremely important thing for the organization to, to understand uh, their concerns and, and ensure that, we have an environment where they are leveraged uh, you know extremely well because that's the only way that the organization can look at future i think there is a lot of focus on delivery because that's what you know brings me short-term results but if you don't do this you would find that you know you will get hit to three years five years down the line from from a competition
0: yeah that's true with organizations becoming flatter the role of the middle in itself, in the traditional sense of the old sense is no longer true, but still you need this layer of middle management, which is able to translate the larger organization purpose or goals into relatable things for to execute. The, the teams that are developing. Okay. And at the same time, like you said, give them the proper guidance, have the guardrails, safety nets, everything else, so that they can still experiment. In Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. I think that's a, that's a key requirement for the industry. And and I think you know, most of us have actually gone through this the hard way. Today, we want to make sure that the industry doesn't need to go through it the hard way. Hopefully, consultants who are working in the field should be able to help organizations in that process. So that's, that's really what you know, we should be able to do. Yeah, actually, that's a question that I had. But before
0: I ask that, from whatever we discussed, there are so many dimensions, so many undefineds, and the ability to still stay anchored, or at least have your bearings right. How does a middle manager, or do you have any tips for a middle manager to manage time effectively from two perspectives? One is, of course, the things that need to be done And typically when you are under pressure for time, there is also the often used stress word so that you don't get under stress. So do you have any tips either from your own personal practice or what you've seen in other managers?
2: I think one thing I would say is that, look at some of the things that you need to do and make sure that you are not leaving out anything. I mean, see, for example, being up to date with what's going on in in the technology that you are responsible for. It's an extremely critical thing. And very often, because you know it, that's not a comfort zone for some people. The delivery and the operational things are comfort zone for people. So they tend to you know, ignore that and finally find that they, they become irrelevant over a period of time. So we need to make sure that you stay relevant. You need to balance your time with people, you know, not overdo it. You, know, you, you have to figure out who requires support, who requires you know, active mentoring, who requires a you know a slightly distant coaching more hands-off coaching rather than you know, day-to-day mentoring. I think you need to devote, divide your time between people uh, being abreast with technology, being abreast with the, the, the latest in engineering practices and so on and so forth. And also uh, understand where the company is going and also you know, be in touch with the customers. See, again, middle managers, one of the other things that they get, get into as a, as a you know, problem is they lose track of who's, who are the customers, what they are using your products for and so on and so forth, because you tend to you know, focus a lot on some of the other issues. So if, if I really look at it, uh, you, know, you need to look at what kind of time are you spending in each one of these and make sure that uh, your time is not overly spent on overseeing delivery. Right? I mean, you know, you're not directly responsible for it. Many people feel uncomfortable with that. And so start getting involved, uh, you know, even if people don't want it. So I, I think you need to kind of have a good nice balance across these four or five different aspects of the rule. Whether it's equal 20% each, that's something that you can keep debating, but it'll vary depending on the maturity of your organization, the uh, the kind of technology and, and products that the company has, and your own, your own uh, act, uh, aptitude and appetite. I think uh, a combination of those will will determine what you need to do and you need to, Figure out how this is actually uh, resulting in in an effective role that you're playing. I mean, obviously, you need to get feedback from people on what what they think. Your own management needs to tell you how uh, you you are are performing from from their own expectations. And the people that you interact with, I mean, if you have a 360 degree uh, assessment in an organization, obviously, if you are interacting with multiple delivery units. If you are interacting with peers in the organization, other business units, and so on and so forth, I think getting a sense of what others expect from you and how they are actually seeing you from your role perspective will actually tell you which aspect of the four or five things that I mentioned that you're probably not focusing on and and make sure that you're kind of revisiting this every three months or six months so that you you become more effective in the role over a period of time. Maybe a long answer to what you asked, but I don't know. That's the kind of thing that I would would, think is is a good way to approach this. I have
0: one question before we close. As a middle manager, Is there a role, because you did mention some of these terms, is there a role for mentors or coaches who are not directly in your line of reporting, which means inside the organization, they're probably part of some other units, or if it is external coaches who can bring in some value from their very diverse experience, how much of a role can they play? Because many times we say that the manager is so immersed in, Say a lot of internal aspects and delivery, which is very very narrow focused, you know, for a particular project or a customer. Mm. Uh, without getting into those details, would internal or external mentors and coaches be able to play an effective role?
2: Certainly, think they can. For example, the you know, if you're looking at agile excellence, you, you you may have an internal organization that that focuses on agile excellence, and and some of these uh, folks who are who actually played a role of a delivery manager or who actually de- played a middle manager role uh, may want to actually take up this uh, as a horizontal function across the organization in terms of enabling the entire organization for agile so you can have an agile excellence organization for example you could have a technology organization you know that can actually support groups for specific aspects of technology that may be relevant for the organization to answer your question i think there is a role may not be a lot of people in this kind of a setup but certainly uh, there is definitely a role for specialized uh, you know mentors and coaches in, in some of these areas. they could be from within the organization if you are a large corporate or you could actually leverage uh, some of the external uh, folks for things like agile and you know some of the technology areas as well so there's definitely a role certainly a role for some some something yeah that's very really reassuring JV. so that's all we have time for for this episode
0: i'm eager to you know, catch up with you some other time on a lot of other related topics so okay. we'll talk to you in one of those future episodes
2: you know, pleasure i mean I, uh, I don't know whether hopefully you know many of these are useful to people who who kind of listen to this but uh, would be more than happy to share other experiences and perspectives somewhere you know at a different time thanks thanks shiv thanks for your time
1: Thanks Siddharth for the music and Malavika for promoting the software people's stories. If you
0: like this episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcast client
1: and spread the word in your network. If you'd like to share your story, contact
0: us at podcasts at pm-powerconsulting.com.
1: This podcast was created on Hubhopper Studio. If you wish to start your own podcast for free, visit www.hubhopperstudio.com Hubhopper is India's leading podcast creation platform. Start your podcast with Hubhopper Studio and you get your voice heard across platforms like Spotify, Ghana, Google Podcasts, Wink Music and more. Click on the link in the episode description or visit www.hubhopperstudio.com